This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I am so glad to be with you today as we uh, continue our study of the compendium of the social doctrine of the church, which, by the way, we're winding down uh, on this important document uh, that shows us a lot of the answers and discussions we need to be having around social justice. Uh, We really only have a couple more chapters to cover after today. Today, we're taking our information from chapter 10 And it's on justice and the environment. So today we're looking at common sense when it comes to justice and the environment. And today could not be a more timely episode, Uh, even though you probably listen to this at a time maybe other than when this is recorded. Still, today uh, was the midterm elections in 2022. Uh, in America, a, a very big uh, and important election season. And the person who was elected governor in my state of Oregon is a person who, when it comes to the environment, is an extreme leftist. And when I say extreme, I mean some very nonsensical approaches to the environment that they have that really sacrifices human beings on the altar of the environment. And um, uh, so today I thought, wow, when I was driving to the studio, this could not have been a more timely episode on justice and the environment. When it comes to environmentalism, when it comes to care for the earth and for creation, which I guess would be care for the earth because we don't really, you know, take care of the other planets. That would be kind of hard to do. But when it comes to care of creation, there are two extremes in this debate about environmental justice. On the one side, you have the far right extreme, which gives no thought to the environment and is okay with exploiting the environment for the sake of profit. That's the extreme right. But on the other side, you have the extreme far left, which gives no thought to the human person and the needs of the human person. To them, it is all about, quote, saving the environment to the cost of the human person. But today we'll discuss how justice for the human person and society and care for the environment fit together. It's all one. Sometimes I get a kick out of some of the bumper stickers I see, but I saw one a few years ago that to this day still makes me laugh. I, when I think about it, there was a, you know, some people drive those big pickup trucks like a Dodge Ram or something, and then they put big wheels on them so that they're really high up in the air. Well, instead of a, I saw a truck like that, driving down one of the freeways here in Portland and, and, uh, 
had a bumper sticker on it. And it, instead of a regular tailpipe for exhaust, this truck had those smokestacks, a smokestack on each side of the truck, kind of like a semi-truck has. And so it had the two smokestacks. And then the back window, there was a bumper sticker with an arrow pointing to each exhaust stack. And the bumper sticker said, Prius repellent. I had to laugh at that, and I still laugh at that today to think about those exhaust pipes being Prius repellent. Well, whatever message you're trying to get across by having Prius repellent on your pickup truck, the fact is there's a common sense approach that we can have when it comes to environmental justice that where both the human person and the environment are both taken care of and when considering the topic of care for the the environment we cannot be profit centered and realize that caring for the earth is not always compatible with market forces let me say again that caring for the earth is not always compatible with market forces however on the other hand we cannot become so extreme that we jeopardize the livelihood of families and force people into poverty all in the name of saving the earth. So those extremes, we've got to avoid those extremes and look uh, more in depth about what is something that works for everyone. As we look into this, let's look first of all at the human and nature which, by the way, is the same thing, and we'll look at that in a moment. But we often separate that out, the human and nature. One of the largest issues I have with both sides of this debate on, on the environment is that both sides separate the, in the debate separate the human person from nature. Those on the right see nature as a tool to be used for profit. So nature is a tool to be used for profit, extracting oil from the earth, extracting different things. And not that those things are bad in themselves, but they do so for profit. Remember, as we've said in other episodes, that things are to be used for the advancement of the human person and in their journey towards unity with God. And also what is good for the whole of society. Uh, so the right sees nature as a tool to be used for profit and comfort for the human. And the left, those on the left, see the environment uh, that it must be protected at the cost of the human person, as if humans do not suffer or thrive with nature. You know, the fact is, the Creator made humans from nature. The Genesis narrative explains this unified relationship between the human being and the dirt. So it says, you know, that God in the Genesis narrative, God made man from the dirt or the dust of the earth and fashioned a body and then breathed into that body, the breath of life. So, and then, you know, each you're reminded of that at Ash Wednesday in the springtime on Ash Wednesday, you go get ashes smeared on your forehead and the priest says, when he's putting those ashes on your forehead, he says, from dust you are, to dust you will return. In other words, you know, you're going to die someday. It's a good remembrance of that. But also there's a truth in that, that I, as a human, am 
inextricably linked to the earth. My body came from the earth, and therefore my body thrives best in the earthly environment of oxygen and of trees and of water and all those things. And so it's inseparably linked, the humans are, to nature. Because as it says in Genesis narrative, we came out of the ground. It talks about the animals. God called the animals out of the earth. So there are not two divisions of creation. There's only one creation. So you don't have two divisions of creation where there's human creation over here and nature over here. No, it's all one. So to have a healthy discussion on the environment, then we need to realize that any action must take into account the environment and the human person. We cannot sacrifice humans on the altar of the environment and we cannot sacrifice the environment on the altar of humanity, namely the altar of profit and comfort. Many of our initiatives that we have in politics currently are driving families deeper into poverty, cutting off oil lines, driving up fuel prices, driving up heating prices. Many states are worried this year here in the United States that there may not be enough heat for homes in the winter. You know, that's not good. And there's many other things, negative impacts that these initiatives have, and they are actually not helping the environment, may actually be doing more damage. <clears throat> for example, wind turbines, studies have shown, you know, the manufacturing of these wind turbines and the transportation with diesel-powered semi-trucks and all this, they're actually creating pollution in, their, in all of that and creating harm to animals. Studies have shown the harm done to the farm animals on where there's wind turbines. Electric cars, I've seen studies and watched videos from different experts about electric cars, and, and their manufacturing is actually more polluting than the manufacturing of a gas-powered car. And, of course, there's the pollution of charging them with electricity. And then there's the battery issue on these electric cars because these batteries are toxic. Very toxic. And then there's the question of disposal of these batteries. And when you've got millions and millions and millions of these batteries being disposed, it's creating toxicity for the environment. And then there's the mining of the earth and the incredible amount of mining of the earth that takes place to manufacture these electric car batteries. And so we cannot take environmental action because certain actions, because they make us feel better. No, any environmental action we take actually has to be proven to be better, to do good and to not just feel like we're doing something good. However, on the other hand, ignoring pollution and doing nothing so that we can profit more is not helpful either. Now, one thing I need to bring into this discussion is this, is that environmental initiatives are of no value unless they are global. 
For example, if the United States cleans up pollution, it's really no big deal unless China and other countries do so as well. And then we have to humble ourselves as humans and realize that there's something built into nature where nature actually pollutes itself. And we need to be honest about that. I was with my son the other day and we were, my son was talking about volcanoes. He's studying volcanoes in school right now. And plus, uh, Portland is surrounded by volcanoes, Mount Hood, Mount St. Helens, Mount Rainier, Mount Bachelor and different ones. And, uh, Mount Jefferson, as I was thinking of as well, just all these various large, large volcanoes. And, uh, and currently, as this is being recorded, the largest volcano on Earth in Hawaii is actually exploding right now. You know, I was telling my son, I said, you know, we could completely cut pollution with our cars and, you know, factories and all of that. Completely cut pollution. It takes one volcano to go off to completely eliminate every effort we just made. The carbon that gets put in the air just by one volcano going off. So we have to recognize humbly, first of all, that we're actually not in control like we think we are. The second thing is we have to realize that we have such a piecemeal approach and a harmful approach to the environment right now because the U.S. is putting all these restrictions on what we can and can't do in order to save the earth while China just spews pollution everywhere. So, and that ends up here too because of the jet streams. And so, you know, we need to be a little bit more honest and more thoughtful in our approach to the environment. Now, I've talked about profit-driven, being profit-driven, how oftentimes we exploit nature for the sake of profit, I was talking to someone uh, a few years back who works in the uh, coffee industry, and he works with small farmers to produce small batches of coffee. And he was telling me how these big coffee companies like Folgers and different ones, how they strip the forests in South America, completely strip whole forests and hire slave labor to make the coffee and to, to harvest the coffee beans. And then he was talking about the small farmers who are getting priced out and they can't continue their farms because of the environmental negative impact that's causing problems to their coffee beans from the stripping of forest, therefore changing the weather patterns, that small farmers remain connected to the earth but are driven out by these big coffee manufacturers. So again, I want to remind you what products you purchase matters. What products you purchase matters. Now, be careful about fair, fair trade because you may automatically say, well, I should buy fair trade coffee then. But I've talked to those who have worked much with fair trade coffee and said that's not always a good deal for the local farmers either. But just do your research. There's ways to purchase coffee that are is environmentally friendly, honors the small farmer, and honors the earth. And is really delicious, too. And that's just one product, coffee. But there's others, such as chocolate and other ones. But be, be mindful. I just really encourage you. One of the very easiest ways that you can care for nature 
and care for the environment is just being mindful of the products you buy. Yeah, just be mindful and don't believe the hype you're told about anything. Now, before we go on to the next subject, I want to give you a simple thing to think about when it comes to purchasing and caring for the environment and when it comes to the simple task of eating, which we all need to do. I was talking to somebody this morning about an issue at my job, and I said, you know, we get all these terms that we're supposed to think about when it comes to working with homeless individuals and families, and we've got to be trauma-informed, and we've got to be this thing and that thing to the person so we don't harm them. I told them, I said, I can't, when I'm interacting with somebody, be thinking about all these things I'm supposed to do and not to do. It's too complicated. So I said, what I do is I've just developed a philosophy that if I am treating that person like a human being and I am treating them the way I would want to be treated, then naturally I'm going to do all those things on the list. You see? So how can you think about this complicated thing with the environment? Well, let me give you an easy answer. Be mindful of the products you buy, and here's a simple way to do that. Just know that the best farming is local farming and small farming. Buy your produce instead of from a grocery store that used all these diesel trucks and to ship produce everywhere and may have all these harmful toxic chemicals that have been sprayed on the earth and harmed the dirt. Just buy your produce from the local farmer, straight from the land, and a farmer who uses best practices. I remember as a kid, my dad would do that, corn on the cob. My dad loved corn on the cob, and I do too. <clears throat> so instead of going to the store to buy corn on the cob, I grew up in Indiana. This guy, my dad would just go to a local farm down the road from us. We lived on the edge of the city, so the farms were right there. My dad would just, he knew a couple different farmers, and he would just go to their house and say, hey, you can pick some corn from your field for such and such a dollar amount. I mean, how organic is that? You know, walk up to a farmer's house, say, I'd like to pick some of the corn from your field, and I'll give you so much money for that. Saves transportation, you know, saves labor, saves all kinds of things. That is being in touch with the earth and caring for the environment. Now, I want to talk about something that's very important. That really needs to be talked about. And the compendium brings this out in regards to caring for the environment and justice. Now remember, when it comes to the environment, we are not just talking about trees and water and air. We're talking about all creation, the animals, humans, and so on. And we need to have a a talk about biotechnology. Because now, because of biotechnology, we now have a large segment of our uh, food supply from farming that has been tweaked through genetic engineering. Wheat and other products are now genetically modified. You are not consuming the original created strain of wheat. You are eating a genetically modified strain of wheat that your body cannot recognize, which is why we have gluten intolerance. 
And the problem with all the gluten intolerance in America, especially, is actually that wheat has been so tweaked in its DNA that the body doesn't know how to digest it. So being gluten-free is not the answer. Now, you may need to be gluten-free right now because of the way it's been tweaked, but being gluten-free is not the ultimate answer. The ultimate answer is bringing wheat back to its original creative strain. I've talked to different people who are have to eat gluten-free. I mean, they get deathly sick if they eat wheat in America. And they've told me that when they travel to Europe and eat wheat over there, they're able to eat it just fine. Why? Because Europe keeps their wheat in its original strain. <clears throat> you see, God knows how to make food and medicine for the body from nature. I take lots of natural medicines from the earth. And it heals. It really it works. It heals. And I don't have all those side effects and actually heal quickly because I'm using it. Why? Because my body was made from the same planet that those plants and herbs were made from. Why is it when food is in its original strain from the earth, I digest it really well because my body recognizes that food, say it's cereal grains. My body recognizes cereal, cereal grains that are in their original creative condition and therefore, because my body recognized it, because those cereal grains were made from the same dirt my body was, therefore my body knows what to do with that to nourish itself. So God knows how to make food. God knows how to make medicine for the body from nature. Scientists and doctors, and we need them, okay? Scientists and doctors, we need them, but no matter how smart they are, they cannot fully comprehend the complexity of nature and the complexity of the human body. So what they do is they tweak the DNA of wheat and now we all get sick. Why? Because scientists cannot know and fully comprehend the human body and what it can and cannot take. So it's better to just trust the creator and to let things remain in their creative condition, meaning the way God First create them, leaving them be, and just focus on growing them. Now, with biotechnology, and it's a good thing, it's not bad in and of itself, but we have to be very careful to not harm the environment or the human person or animals. Now, look at, you know, before we move to the next point, look at like the indigenous peoples. Maybe you have the Native Americans or the people that lived here before the Europeans came to the continent indigenous people of Australia, Africa and stuff, all these indigenous populations that came before Western civilization, they have it built into the fabric of their society to be intimately connected to nature. Their homes came from nature and were intimately connected to nature. Our homes now and our buildings, our office buildings are against nature. Uh, their transportation was horses or foot. Our transportation of cars and trains is against nature. Um, you know, the indigenous peoples, if we would emulate them in certain ways, they we would do well because they were intimately connected to nature. The way they hunted, the way they fished, everything was within the rhythm of nature. And I think as Western people, we would do well 
to take a second look at how the indigenous peoples lived. Now, let's talk about, finally, animals and creation. Animals are part of the creator's creation. And I think one of the value that animals have is they provide entertainment. I mean, to me, animals are just hilarious. They crack me up. You, you look at chimpanzees, you know, those goofy faces they have and the way they swing through the trees. They crack me up. Or dogs. Dogs are hilarious. Um, I know that dogs aren't necessarily in the original creative order because they come from wolves. Um, but all these various creatures, they're, they're just funny to watch. For me, one of the funniest things to watch is a squirrel. I mean, squirrels are just so cute, adorable, and they're just goofy. Uh, those little faces, those little, they've got like these little hands that they use to hold the nut and do all that it just cracks me up. So I think animals are God's way of keeping us entertained, but animals are part of the creative order as well. And one thing we've got to remember when it comes to animals in the environment is that animals too have consciousness. Now, an animal's consciousness may not be as elevated as our consciousness, especially at the lower levels of the animal kingdom, you know, the lower levels, far less consciousness, but it's consciousness in, nonetheless. In other words, animals understand to a certain extent, and I don't know what extent because I'm not an animal, but they understand that they're alive. They understand pain. They understand connection and working together with other animals. In other words, animals have some sort of understanding of consciousness. So they do experience things. But of course, they don't have the consciousness like we do of past, present, future, all those kinds of things. But as humans, we have been placed in charge of the animals. In the Genesis narrative, we see that humans have been placed in charge and in given the task of caring for the animals. This means that we must ensure their well-being by caring for the environment so that they too can have a healthy habitat to live in. So keep in mind, all these skyscrapers we build, all these freeways, all these neighborhoods we build, they impact the livability for animals as well because they get driven into smaller and smaller spaces. And understand, too, we have to live, too. We have to have places to protect ourselves from the weather. So I'm not saying don't build a house, but we've got to be mindful of how that gets done. But the Creator also allows us to use animals as tools in a healthy way. Such as the Creator allows us to use oxen to plow fields, to use horses for transportation, and so on. But we must do no harm to the animals in our care for them. And one of the sad realities in our world is that we use animals to test dangerous drugs on them to understand their safety for humans. I've got to be clear on this. I am not for animal testing. I'm just not for it. I've observed it up close in the labs. I've, you know, done a lot of research on it. And I can't justify in my mind testing things on animals and torturing these poor animals and causing them uh, purposely to experience suffering. Why? Because these test labs puts the animals in danger of disease and fatal side effects. 
I am not convinced that it is ethical to treat animals in this manner in labs. The fact is that the pharmaceutical companies, for all the benefits they may have, and I'm saying may have, from their drugs are dangerous to the human body, the side effects are. So maybe we should instead get back to a more environmentally friendly way of using the medicines God gave us in creation, thus protecting both humans and animals, and making sure that animals are cared for, their populations are cared for, and their habitat is cared for. And by doing that, uh, we can, can bring about environmental justice. Now, again, this is about common sense, so let's use some common sense on this, right? We don't want to sacrifice the human person. So we don't want to get so crazy about environmental justice for the animals that we sacrifice, again, what humans need. So there's this balance. And one of the things, too, we got to be very careful of, and I've seen this as going way too far. I don't know why we do this as humans, but we do it with everything. We just tend to take things to the extreme. And I don't know why, as humans, we just struggle to stay in balance, but, but we do. But sometimes we go way too far, and now we've got this problem. I think sometimes we need to just be... Just let nature be nature and quit trying to touch everything as humans and trying to control everything. Here's what I mean. So we see that the wolf population dies down in Wyoming, for example. So we protect the wolf. But because some animals eat wolves, then those animals start starving to death and that animal population dies down. So we start allowing wolves to thrive again, and they're thriving, but now we've got to help this population and back and forth and back and forth. We go, why don't we just allow nature to take care of itself? Hands off, you know, because it appears we don't know what we're doing. Now, that's a lot to think about. The main thing is, I don't want to give you a bunch of specifics on how to care for the environment. Just know this, as humans, we're one with nature. And we've been put in charge. Now, if you actually want more information uh, on this subject, I actually encourage you to read Pope Francis's encyclical Laudato Si on care for our common home. Laudato, that's L-A-U-D-A-T-O, and then C-S-I, on care for our common home. Pope Francis wrote that encyclical a few years ago. I've read it several times. I love it. Very well done. And uh, it's very universal in its approach. And so, yeah, that will give you the information more that you need. Have you ever talked to an attorney? As we close out today, I want to ask you that question. Have you ever talked to an attorney, especially on the phone? Man, it can be intimidating. I hate it when I have to call attorneys. Sometimes because uh, of my case management job, I have to call attorneys for my clients. And I, I simply just don't like it. Because it's intimidating. I will start to explain the situation to the attorney and they rudely interrupt and say, get to the point. What's the point? Like, sorry about ruining your day there, sir. But when it comes to the environment, let's get to the point. What is the point? The point is humans and nature are united in creation. St. Paul said that nature has been subjected to suffering due to human sin. So as we act, so nature acts. And St. Peter said that God is going to bring a radical renewal in the future to nature. 
So the point is, we need to approach life in a way that cares for creation, both nature and the human person, because they're the same thing. And together, let's take care of the environment, take care of the planet, and take care of each other as we create a just society right where we are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.